Thank you, Andrew. Good morning, everyone. I just want to take a moment just to honour God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, for without them I wouldn't be standing here today in many ways, which you'll find out shortly. <laughs> and I also want to honour Andrew and Mal for the, uh, having faith in me, giving me this opportunity to share a little bit more about my story and to um, bring a message from the Lord today. The Lord's been speaking to me for a couple of months now about endurance. So when I got invited to talk, I thought, hmm, I think I know what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> so um, what have I got in store for you today? Samuel, how are we going with slides? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to be testing his uh, IT prowess today. I just want to start with some prayer anyway. Um, so I've entitled my talk today, Endure to See, and... Uh, I just want to pray. So, Lord, I just want to thank you that your presence is here, Lord. I just ask, Lord, that you would uh, speak through this vessel, Lord, that you would uh, touch people's lives, Lord, that you would encourage them, strengthen them, build them up, Lord, heal them, whatever you want to do today, Lord. All the glory goes to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So what did I have in store for you today? Oh, we're on the last slide. Maybe the second one. <laughs> Not working. <laughs> okay, I'll keep talking while you work. That's all good. So what are some of the things I was planning on taking you through today in the next half an hour or so? I'm planning to keep it reasonably short, but we'll see what God does. <laughs> so I thought I would start by talking about what is endurance? What does it mean? Um, and then talk a little bit about um, why, what are some of the benefits of endurance because for some of us, endurance has connotations that are a bit negative, like I'm just enduring until I get to heaven. And uh, it, endurance is so much more. So I want to share with you what endurance, the benefits of endurance are. Uh, then I want to um, take you through some examples of people who've endured and uh, no doubt you'll have some people that you can think of yourself who have endured and, uh, but I'll look at some examples today. Um, I'll look at some of the obstacles, especially that the enemy likes to throw away to stop us from enduring. I don't give him lots of uh, air stage, but I do like to talk about some of the things that uh, you may encounter on your road of endurance, and uh, then more importantly, how we can overcome those things. Very good. <laughs> Going back through my whole presentation. Very good. Awesome. Okay. So, what does endurance mean? I'll keep talking. It's all good. <laughs> this is a joy. I, I do training for a living, so I'm used to technical challenges, so it's no big deal. I just go with the flow. Uh, I think that the key thing that um, I sense that God wanted me to speak about today is that endurance allows us to see the promises of God. And um, by enduring, we see. Hence my title. And uh, I thought the mountain picture was a perfect example of enduring because uh, often to climb a mountain, we have to go through lots of challenges and obstacles. But when we get to the top, we actually see. Awesome. Thank you, Samuel. And others. Well done. So like all good preachers, I consulted Mr. Google about what endurance means. And I thought I'd just go through some of those examples. So next slide. Thanks, Samuel. Awesome. So what does endurance mean? 
Google says, the ability to keep doing something difficult, unpleasant or painful, to endure under pressure, testings and trials. The ability to withstand hardship or adversity. The ability to deal with pain or suffering that continues a long time. And some of you can probably relate to some of those. There's no surprises there, I don't think. But uh, that's uh, what Mr Google and the online dictionary said. And then I thought I would have a look at what's the Greek and Hebrew words for endurance. So that's the next slide. So we have uh, the Greek word for endurance is hupomone, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right, but you'll give me grace. Hupo means under, and mone means to remain. So together they mean to stand firm, to bear up under, to patiently wait in hope, and is closely linked to our ability to walk by faith. And then there's the Hebrew word for endurance, which I'm sure I won't pronounce right, but <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. Ka'ak, which means strength, and sevel, which means to bear or suffer burdens. And together, they mean the strength to suffer and carry a burden. So now that we've clear on what endurance means when I say endurance, what are some of its benefits? Because uh, at the time when you're enduring, you don't always think of the benefits. In fact, you probably don't think much of them at all. You know, get me out of this, Lord. <laughs> so when we ask important questions like why is endurance important, it's always go good to go back to the word of the Lord, back to the Bible and see what does the Bible say about endurance. So I've picked out um, some verses. Now I've decided to use the Passion Translation today. I didn't start there, but um, I chose it for two reasons. One, because it's my favourite. <laughs> Uh, and, and because it's my favourite and I'm talking, I'm allowed to choose it. <laughs> um, two is because it just gives you a fresh perspective of the verses. Some of these verses will be quite familiar to some of you who have um, been walking with the Lord for a while and reading the Word for a while. Uh, and sometimes when they're so familiar, you can just sort of read over them like, yeah, 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 I've read it before, I know that. So it's nice to have a different type of translation sometimes just to bring it alive. So let's have a look at everyone's favourite, James 1, 2-4. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. I think most of us struggle with that one, <laughs> if we're honest. But we learn, God helps us, he gives us grace, and, then, and there is times when we can actually experience joy. And praise, as Andrew talked about before, praising in the middle of things. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows strong, even stronger, and this is the bit I like, <laughs> it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Wow, sounds pretty good. Who knew? <laughs> Romans 5, 3 to 4. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. There's that joy thing again. Knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And the Lord is always concerned about our character. It's really important to him. So endurance helps with our character. Uh, on the next slide, two more verses. Hebrews 10.36 you need the strength of endurance to reveal, or I'm going to put in brackets there, see, <laughs> the poetry of God's will. And then you receive the promise in full. So by enduring, we see God's will for our lives. 
and we receive the promise. 2 Timothy 2.10 and 12. I endure all these hardships for the benefit of the chosen ones in Christ so that they may also discover the overcoming life that is in Jesus Christ and experience a glory that lasts forever. If we are joined with him in his sufferings, then we will reign together with him in his triumph. So by us enduring, we not only endure, but we help others to overcome and endure and receive their promises from God. So exciting stuff. Gives you, encourages you, especially for those of you who are, really feel like you're walking a very good road of endurance. (laughs) And I know for some of us, when we become Christians, we think it's going to be a bed of roses and everything's going to be perfect and it's like having Santa Claus at your disposal every day. And Has anyone experienced that yet? No. (laughs) Anyway, for a little while maybe. (laughs) And I don't think the Bible hides that we will go through trials and tribulations, so I don't think it was a a trick or anything. Okay, moving along. (laughs) So now that we've got a bit of an understanding of what endurance means and what are some of the benefits from the word, um, we're going to have a look now at um, some examples of endurance. And I um, thought we would start with some Bible characters. Now, rather than me talk at you for 40 minutes, I thought I would bring a little fun into our session. And it's the summer holidays. We're a little bit more relaxed. So bear with me and give me grace later if you're not happy. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm going to invite Emma um, just up to the front chair here. I need a couple of volunteers. We're going to have a mini game of family feud, Okay. So in the name of um, uh, participation and healthy church family competition, we're going to have three rounds and I need two volunteers each time. So um, if you could come up and sit next to Emma, that would be awesome. And I won't make you come up on stage. I won't make you do push-ups or get up and down off the floor ten times like somebody else I know might. (laughs) And there is chocolate. Chocolate is involved, so come on down. Christine's got one. Awesome. Come sit next to, come sit next to Emma. So if you could pop, did, did you want to click on that, Samuel? I've got to do my dance. I don't get to be a compare too often. Thank you. See. <laughs> okay. So the way this is going to work is we've got two volunteers. We've got Christine. Rony might be a little young. Anyone else? Or I have to pick someone. Uh, Ali, yay, thank you. Trust me, they'll be begging to come down after. Thank you, Samuel. He's got it all worked out. Okay. So what's going to happen is I'm going to ask both of you ladies to answer this question on the board. The person who has the, score, the answer with the highest score will get um, to continue answering. And, <laughs> and each time you answer something correctly, you get a chocolate. Uh, If you get one wrong, then the other person gets an opportunity to answer more questions, and when they get it wrong, we'll finish the round. Okay, otherwise we'll go forever and I'll get into trouble. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to hide the question. That's it. Good. So, Christine, would you like to start? Can you name one character in the Bible who uh, showed endurance? Uh, Joseph. Joseph? Awesome. Whoa, 20 points. Not the top scoring answer though, but hey, we don't know. 
Ali. <laughs> Paul. Let's see if Paul's on there. <laughs> he could have been, but hey, I only had eight gaps. <laughs> and there's a lot of characters in the Bible. So that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means whoever I, whoever I, sur whoever I surveyed didn't think of Paul. How dare they? Wait till you see some of the responses. You might go, my goodness. Anyway, okay, so Christine, you can continue to answer. Moses, have we got Moses and Samuel? Yay! <laughs> Anyone else? You're giving her chocolates as she goes, oh. Miss Em? <laughs> Two chocolates for you. Is it Ellie's turn or my turn? No, it's your turn now because oh, you've got to. Um, um, I thought of one before. Um, um... Oh, Noah. Noah. Noah? Yeah. Is Noah on there? <laughs> no, Noah, sorry. <laughs> okay, Ali. Ali, would you like to have a turn? <laughs> no. Daniel. Daniel? Is Daniel on there? Yay! <laughs> Another guess, Ellie? <laughs> no audience participation. There's no phone a friend in Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, putting you on the spot, aren't I? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of, Abraham. Abraham? No, unfortunately, no. Samuel, would you like to reveal the rest of the answers, please? Jesus, Job, Mary, Ruth, Balaam's donkey. <laughs> We all just be silly. <laughs> all right, thank you, uh, Ellie and yes. Okay, two more volunteers, make it fast. Someone feels like chocolate. Two more volunteers, come on down. Thank you, Rochelle. Come on down. Now, oh, one more. Oh, don't be chicken. They're easy, I promise. Oh, all right. All right, we'll just have to go to the third round. What about the third one? Next one. Hide question. Hide question. Ah, you've given me the answers. <laughs> do you want to go to the next slide? You want to go to the next slide, Samuel? We'll just do one more. Just press the arrow. I'm looking away. <laughs> well, I know all the answers. Oh, oh well, you know, it was a nice thought while it worked, but yeah, it's all right, it's okay. You're doing well, Samuel. It was, it was an ambitious uh, thought. <laughs> so I was going to show you Joseph, some of the things that Joseph endured. What did Joseph endure? You want to just name him? <laughs> Jail, the pit. Yes, slavery. Sorry, it was the one over here. He got bashed. Sibling hate. Yeah, yeah. He stayed in jail an awfully long time. He waited for his promise that God gave him for a very long time. Bad fashion. Yes, yes. Lots of things. Thanks, Samuel. Awesome. And what about Jesus? Bad fashion. <laughs> What other things did Jesus endure? Go on. 
the cross, death, friend betrayal, betrayal. abuse, false accusal, injustice, and many, many things. Anyway, can any of you relate to any of those things that they uh, endured? Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you, Rochelle. Didn't quite work out. Give her a chocolate, Emma. (laughs) Pass the bowl around. Okay, yes, the best laid plans of mice and men. Just go with it, Janine. Well, I thought it was more exciting than me rattling them off. Hey. So, can any one of you relate to some of those things that the Bible characters experienced? Anyone had some rejection, betrayal, waited an awfully long time for promises of God? (laughs) Hopefully not been to prison, but you might have. Uh, Yeah, lots of things. So, um, I think when we uh, get discouraged, one good thing to do is remember that people that God used in a very great way often went through lots and lots of... Struggles and challenges. Okay, it wasn't all easy peasy for them. Yeah. Even Jesus. <laughs> okay, so now some of you may not necessarily relate to Bible characters because you think, well, I'm not Jesus and I'm not Moses and I can't relate to them really. They had really high callings of God. Can you give me somebody else who's endured? So I thought I would share some more of my testimony. I apologise to those of you who've heard already heard a little bit of it, but you're going to get some more. Um, Yes, I think God asked me to share a little bit of my story. That's a picture of me and my sister. I'm the one on the right. You probably worked that out already. Most people do. (laughs) I think I was about two or three then. Um, So what do I know about endurance? Well, until five years ago, I didn't think I knew a whole lot about endurance. I had a pretty cruisy life. I was happily married. I still am. (laughs) Two two children. uh, I knew the Lord, um, went to church, had, was in ministry, uh, studying, um, had another job I loved as well. So things were cruising along, pretty cool. Um, so I, didn't, I thought I had a pretty boring, you know, pretty mundane, not much of a testimony really. Just, uh, it was, I was happy. And then in 2013, uh, I started working in paid ministry at another local church here in Ballarat. And about halfway through the year, I um, found myself experiencing lots of deep grief and sobbing. And I didn't know what was going on because there wasn't actually anything specifically happening at the time to make me feel that way. And initially I thought, well, maybe I'm just a little bit burnt out because I was doing two part-time jobs which were both quite demanding. So I did lots of hours per week. I was studying a ministry course. I had family to bring up. And then everything else on top of that, and some of you can relate to that. So I thought, oh, I'm just a bit tired. I'll take some time off. And uh, I think that'll fix it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I had a bit of time off, but it actually got worse rather than better. So I cried out in a moment of distress and said, Lord, show me the root of the problem. What is the problem? Because I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And it's getting worse. And that was my beginning of my journey of endurance and inner healing over the last five years. So during that time, um, I have, the Lord has taken me through and helped me uncover many repressed and disassociated childhood memories of severe trauma. And he started, I began with memories of my own family. So my grandfather and my father and my uncle who um, abused me sexually many times. 
And as I processed those and started, the Lord was healing me of those, it was a bit like an onion. I like the analogy of an onion because it has layers, you know, like Shrek says. But an onion is also very smelly (laughs) and makes you cry often. So this was my onion. So I'd taken a few layers of the onion off. Uh, So then I began to um, have more memories of ritual abuse, which was where I was tortured physically and sexually and emotionally from the time I was a baby until my young adult years. So... And I've had some pretty horrific memories. I'm not going to share them all today because I'm conscious of the audience and you don't need to know them all, honestly. But I've had memories of being drowned, um, electroshocked, drugged and uh, sold to pedophile groups. So, yeah, it was pretty horrible. And that's over the last five years those things have come up. And uh, torture was deliberately used so that I would forget what happened to me, so that I would disassociate or fragment those memories and not tell anyone And um, they often also used brainwashing or mind control to um, make me forget and do what they want. So, ironically, I could function at quite a high level. I was an A student. I was very shy and quiet. Um, I didn't have many friends. I think I was too scared to have friends because they might get hurt. Um, Yeah, but I was always um, pleasing people and doing what was expected, so no one ever suspected, I would imagine. I do remember telling a teacher or a nurse, that was one of some of the memories that came out when I went through counselling, but they didn't know, they didn't respond. And at that time it was the 1970s and they weren't required to respond anyway, so maybe they just thought, oh, too hard, I don't know. So as I went on this journey of discovering the past that was hidden deep within, uh, obviously uh, I had to endure the memories themselves and the shock that comes with that. Um, and sometimes God spared me from a lot of it, but sometimes I would have to walk through the intense emotions of that time and even the body memories as though they were happening right now, and that was pretty hard. But I just wanted to speak about um, uh, half a dozen things that were also quite significant that I had to endure during that period and still do to a degree, but not quite nearly as much because the Lord's healed me so much. So... um, Firstly is just triggers, um, when you've got a whole lot of trauma and that buried underneath. Sometimes um, it, somebody will say or do something, or ironically not say or do something, as the case may be, and all of a sudden you, this strong emotion just comes out of nowhere and you're like, wow, what's going on? <laughs> and I soon learnt that if that was happening and it wasn't, there was nothing actually going on around me that was proportional to my feelings that I was going on, that that was a trigger. So, um, and that could happen at any time and you have to try and manage it. (laughs) Sometimes you'd be at work and all sorts of things. So that was fun. Um, Now I see them actually as a blessing because each time I get a trigger, it means I go go straight away and explore why is this happening and get some healing and then it's done. But it it is one thing that I had to endure and I didn't know (laughs) when they were going to happen and when I'm finished. (laughs) So, yeah. The other thing that's been um, something I've had to endure a lot is fear and hypervigilance. I don't know if any of you have experienced hypervigilance, you know, looking over your shoulder or worrying that someone's going to come and get you or something. It's just that pervasive feeling. It comes with the trauma. It's um, attached to the trauma often, so I don't experience it nearly as much now. Um, what was I going to say? 
one of the main reasons I had that intense fear was because I'd started unravelling these memories and I'd started talking to counsellors about them and I'd been threatened that if I ever remembered and told anyone, then bad things would happen to me. And as a child, you believe everything that's said to you. So, yeah, so there's these feelings of hypervigilance. Another thing that I've had to endure is isolation because of the nature of my past. Not many people want to hear about it, and I get that totally, trust me. I don't even want to hear about it sometimes. I'm like, do I really have to go through this again? Um, but that can be quite isolating. Um, and, I, and I don't share everything with everyone because, A, they don't want me to. <laughs> I soon learned that early on when I first had my first memories and I'd pour my heart out. People would be sitting there go, oh my God, she's not going there really, is she? <laughs> you could tell. So, but it is quite isolating. I guess the blessing of that is that it's forced me to God because he's always available. He listens. He knows everything anyway about me, isn't he? And he doesn't judge me. But isolation is a really tricky one when you're trying to endure. And I'll talk more later about some strategies to prevent that happening so much. Uh, rejection and betrayal. Uh, obviously, when I started um, having memories, I had to put some things in place to protect my own family from extended family who were the perpetrators, and that was encouraged by a number of counsellors. So it wasn't just me being um, unforgiving or hateful. It was a necessary thing. Uh, so obviously that didn't go down too well, so I experienced rejection there. No surprise, probably. Um, and then I, I lost a lot of friends and even um, had some rejection from my previous church family. Not intentionally, I don't think. I don't mean to be uh, judgmental or unforgiving. I think they just didn't know what to do. They just saw me as very broken. They just looked at the, the things that I was working their way through and they just couldn't see that I could possibly get through that. They didn't see what God was doing. And trust me, at times I didn't see what God was doing either. So I get it. But that was really hard because I guess the people that I thought loved and cared about me the most weren't there when I needed them the most. So I had to go through a really difficult time. But I am thankful for my current church family, um, who I love very dearly. Uh, there was a lot of grief and loss that went with those things, uh, losing relationships, uh, a sense of loss over my childhood that it wasn't actually what I thought it was. My joy, my health, a number of things there. had a couple of hardships. Um, I, I chose to resign from my paid ministry work, not because I wanted to. I loved it. it I, I really, yeah, I can't explain it. It was just something that really fulfilled me. Um, but I, I realised that it just wasn't going to work. Um, and I was being encouraged to leave, so I did, but it took me eight months before I actually felt I could go and work somewhere else again. That's how devastated I felt, so that was really hard. And then last year I had to go, some of you know, I had to go to court and get a family violence intervention order, which was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Never thought I'd ever have to go there, but my extended family were turning up on my door and harassing my family, so I just couldn't allow that to continue. And then, to be honest, there were some times where I've had dark night of the soul experiences. You hear that expression used from time to time. Um, and, and, and unless you've actually been there, it doesn't make much sense. But there have been times, as you can imagine, with all the stuff that I've had to work through, where I've just the pain was so excruciating 
that I just wanted to go to heaven. And I didn't plan anything or do anything, but I just would cry out to God and go, God, please, if this is all there is, if it's never going to get any better than this, please just take me to heaven. I just want to be with you. I just can't do this. And I think the Lord actually in his wisdom allowed this healing process to go through at a later age of life because sometimes I think, why did you wait so long, Lord? I'm 50, for goodness sakes. I feel like I've wasted half my life. <laughs> and I think it's because he knew that I'd have this beautiful family here and at those dark night of the soul experiences, I thought, I can't traumatise my family. I know what that trauma feels like. I can't do that to my own family. But still, I've had those experiences where it would have been easy to give up and it's only God's grace that's kept me going and in that enduring um, there's been tolls on my health my finances my marriage, my parenting my ministry, my career lots of things and I've only just given you the brief less gory version I promise some of you are thinking it's gory enough, stop (laughs) Um, but before you start to feel sorry for me I just want to uh, encourage you because I can testify that through all of that, God has kept me. It's his grace that has kept me and his love. Um, And even during my childhood, he showed me memories of Jesus coming and sitting with me as a child and comforting me. And he was there in every single moment when I was all sorts of horrible things were happening. And he, by his grace, showed me that that he hadn't left me alone. And that was beautiful. And the Lord reminded me of an example of his grace earlier in the week, and I felt like I needed to share this little story, so I'm just going to take a little side blip off for a moment. Uh, About three years ago, um, I was having some counselling. I used to have counselling sort of during my work hours because that was the only time my counsellor at that time was available. So I'd make up the time later or whatever. Um, and God was so good to me in that because, as you can imagine, processing some pretty horrible stuff, he actually gave me the grace to be able to go back and function. I'd go off into a meeting and I'd be sitting there thinking, if you only knew what I was talking about an hour ago, you would be praising God that I'm even here. So, <laughs> but he gave me that grace and capacity to work. But this is one day I remember this particularly horrific memory. It's so horrific, I won't share. But I came out of the counselling and I thought, I just want to go home and curl up in the fetal position (laughs) and stay there and just cry. And of course, my pastor comes out and he says, Janine, I need you to go do some pastoral care. You need to go today. I went, right. And things were a little tense at the time, so I thought I probably can't say no. So he said, I need you to go and visit this lady in the psychiatric hospital. I don't even know her. I had never met this lady. So I said, sure, no problem. <laughs> and so I get my stuff and get in my car and drive to the hospital. And all the way, I am crying out to God, saying, God, if you don't turn up, this is going to be a disaster. You know what I've just processed. You know I want to go home and curl up in the fetal position. Please, whatever you do, you have to turn up. I'm giving it to you. You have to turn up. And anyway, I... Uh, turned up at the psychiatric hospital and uh, uh, they let me in. I was all, at that point I was contemplating asking them for a room but <laughs> they didn't have any free probably. So anyway, I, I, I pulled my big girl panties up and I kept going. 
So they took me to this lady's room and she's sitting in this room in the dark. She doesn't know me, I don't know her. Anyway, they leave us together. They shut her door and leave us together. I don't even know this lady. I don't even know why she's there. Anyway, I'm trusting God in all this because I've asked him and begged him. Anyway, um, so I said, oh, look, you know, my pastor um, asked me to come and see you and to pray with you. Would that be okay? And she said, she just sort of nodded her head. And I said, well, what, what can I pray for you? And she shared a whole lot of fear and paranoia and different things. I went, God, help me, please, God. I don't know what to tell her. Anyway, so I said, okay, well, let's pray. But, um, you know, there wasn't, I didn't feel like much was happening. And I noticed the Bible sitting on her bedside table. So I said to her, would you like to read the Bible together? And her eyes lit up. So I said, okay. And I felt like God was saying Psalm 91. <clears throat> so we read Psalm 91 together from beginning to end. It was probably quite relevant at the time. <laughs> and I can't describe to you, it was like a cloud of God's glory came into the room and descended. It just like it blew me away. I'd never experienced that ever. That was before here, of course. <laughs> Um, and I was just blown away, and by the end, the lady was hugging me and thanking me and whatever, and, you know, uh, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I just turned up, God turned, God really, really turned up, I was just being obedient, and I walked out of there going, what just happened? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) So it's just an illustration, I think, of when we can be so weak, and in our own strength, we can do little. We're like, you know, I'm at the end of my rope, Lord. I've got nothing left, Lord. You have to turn up if this is going to happen. A bit like the Red Sea thing. Maybe not quite as dramatic as the Red Sea, but you know what I'm saying. So his grace carried me through lots of those situations. Um, lots of times when I've, I honestly don't know how I kept going. But anyway, he kept me going. So in my weakness, he was my strength. And he healed me of memories that really should have probably caused me to go insane. If I was, if I had to deal with them as a child, it probably would have. He's carried me through court proceedings, job loss, unemployment, loss of family, friendships that had been dear to me, despair at times, brokenheartedness. But in all that, he's walked alongside me. He's strengthened me. He's taught me. And. The, the biggest thing, I guess, is the development of my relationship with God has changed quite dramatically, where before it was about performing for God, doing all the right things, um, working hard, pleasing him. Now it's about uh, just running to him and spending time with him. Um, I love, in my quiet times, to imagine climbing up on Papa's lap and sitting there, and often I don't even have to say anything I just put my head on his chest and just listen to his heartbeat. And I do this even when I'm at the dentist and all sorts of other places where I start to feel a bit of anxiety. The dentist, I don't mind dentists, it's just the whole strapping you in the chair and putting metal things in your mouth thing that probably doesn't help with my past. But anyway, um, yeah, that to me is really special. And that is one of the things that this journey has uh, really brought out. And I'm so thankful for. And I've learnt to depend on him solely and to run to him no matter what. Even when I'm angry, uh, even when I'm disappointed with God. 
for he doesn't deserve that at all, I know, but sometimes we can be. And he started to help me see my true identity as a daughter of his and um, a beloved one at that. And I've started to find my voice that had been muzzled from the moment of my birth and even courage to do things that I didn't want to do and set boundaries and not accept um, behaviour that was abusive. Now, I'm going to guess that most of you won't relate to my story, maybe a little bits and pieces perhaps. I'm thankful if that is the case because <laughs> I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. There are other people out there, many other people out there who have, sadly. Um, but we all have times where we go through challenges and crises. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about, again, what are some of the obstacles that you might encounter on your way to endurance? And these obviously are by no, no means the only ones, but these are some of the ones that um, God helped me overcome on the way. I still have moments where they are a challenge, but I'm more aware of them. So I just thought I'd highlight them. Again, not for you to feel sorry for me, but just more for you to see that um, the enemy likes to bring these things against us. He comes to steal, kill and destroy, and he doesn't want us to endure to see the promises of God. He doesn't want us to see who we really are in God. So fear is an obvious one. Um, many of us battle with fear from time to time. Um, that's why it's in the Bible 300 and something times. <laughs> Probably because God knew we would. <laughs> so things like what might happen, what might the future hold, what if my husband gets sick of me doing all this um, counselling and leaves, all those funny thoughts that come up, you know, usually in the middle of the night when no one else is around. <laughs> um, so obviously I I've learnt um, to cast my cares on God uh, and not follow those rabbit holes. Occasionally I do, and, but I recognise it a bit quicker these days. Uh, lies, the enemy likes to plant a whole lot of lies and we get a lot of lies during childhood too, especially if you've gone through some trauma and things. So it took a bit of unearthing some of these lies that we operate out of. So some of the ones for me were you're not good enough, you're worthless, nothing's going to get better, this is all it's ever going to be, you can't trust anyone. Yeah. All that fun stuff, <laughs> which you don't consciously necessarily think, but you can see it in your responses and your actions. So uh, God has, uh, Holy Spirit has spent quite a bit of time showing me those things and um, working through that and... I'll talk a little bit later about some strategies around that. Um, unbelief and lack of trust. Um, focusing on your problems more than God. Or making your problems bigger than God. That happens from time to time. Um, or just doubting. And, and sometimes it is hard when you're enduring and there's so many not-so-nice things happening. It's hard not to uh, go, really? <laughs> this looks so far away. <laughs> Pride is another one that I've listed. It might be a bit of an unusual one, but especially early in the days, um, I was always fiercely independent because I didn't trust anyone. Um, so I didn't want to ask for help or support. I spent a lot of energy managing my appearance, not physically, but, you know, like, I'm fine, nothing, nothing wrong with me. All's good, you know. And when you're a Christian leader, not here, in other places, that gets magnified a lot because there's an, almost an expectation that you've always got to have it together. Otherwise, you might not represent him properly. I don't know. Anyway. But, um, yeah, pride is also just not being vulnerable or honest and, and not asking for help or receiving help. People, sometimes people will notice and um, offer to help, and we don't. So that's another obstacle that the enemy uses, which doesn't help us endure. 
Shame is another one. Um, shame often comes with a lot of trauma memories, but some of you will relate to shame in other ways. It's one of... I, I know um, David Tenson talks a lot about it uh, because it's one of the enemy's main yeah. tools together with fear. Now, for some of you, you might think shame is... Some people get shame and guilt mixed up. Guilt is when we do something wrong and we feel bad about it. And that's a healthy thing yeah. most of the time. <laughs> um, and then shame is when we actually think we are bad. There's actually something wrong with us, something terribly intrinsically wrong, that nobody could love us because there's something wrong. Um, and often when I'd get triggered, I'd have a lot of that stuff come up. And that was more painful often than even the memories, that whole feeling like there's actually something wrong with me. Or believing that. It's a lie, but it's the feelings are so strong, and you just sort of think, well, you know, it must be true. Exactly. So working through that um, is one obstacle. And uh, related to that, and God showed me this very early in the piece, fortunately, is one of the enemy's strategies in my life was to get me to go into what they call a victim mindset. So um, he would get you to focus on your problems and your shame and your fear and then, you know, practically lie down. I won't do it because I'll never get back up again <laughs> easily. Uh, lie down and stay there in self-pity. Now, I'm not saying that you can't feel your feelings, work through your stuff, acknowledge what's happening. You know, it's not that you can't be vulnerable or work through it, but I, I think it was an epiphany at the time because it was like, hang on, I actually have a choice. I don't actually have to stay there. I can experience it and feel it, um, but then remind myself, actually, God's in control. He's got it. Then I've just got to keep going. I've just got to keep going. And sometimes, um, yeah, we can see ourselves as a victim, not as someone who's thriving, not as God's daughter or God's son. And that's another thing that we have to be really careful of. We can focus so much that we start to see ourselves as a victim and we let our circumstances define us, which is, uh, is a lie because God defines us. Um, another obstacle to enduring that say, uh, the enemy likes to use from time to time, and remember it's powers and principalities that we fight against, not people, but people can be obstacles sometimes. And especially if you are going through a healing process and you're trying to make your life better, you start changing or you start responding or reacting in different ways than you used to. You start standing up for yourself maybe, um, and people don't really like that. They like it when you were the same as what you were before because you're not behaving the same way and you're not meeting their needs the same way. Um, and they may judge you or criticise you. Sometimes they'll abandon you um, or they just take your focus off what you need to do. So weariness is another one. Um, it is can be quite wearying working through stuff and just dealing with all the stuff that goes on in life. Uh, just normal day stuff can be weary at times, can't it? So we can become exhausted um, and, and wonder whether it will ever end. And that can be um, if we get bogged down in that too. So again, running to the Lord and letting him refresh you and resting in him is really important. And last but not least, uh, woundedness. So sometimes, um, I mentioned before triggers, um, it would be easy to not go and get help for those, not just try to stuff it back down again and pretend it never happened or um, 
run away, distract yourself with other things, other coping mechanisms, or lash out and blame others. Um, but then that's not getting dealt with. So guess what? Good old hairy legs, that's what I call the enemy. Hairy logs comes along and then, bing, I'll just touch that little wound there and I'll get triggered and then they won't want to endure anymore. He's very good at that. So woundedness is another area that if you're not um, healing and working on things as, they, as the Lord brings them up, if we run away from those things, they generally, the enemy will take advantage of that. I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong, I'm not judging you if you don't. <laughs> There's times when I go, mm, I don't really want to go there. But Anyway, okay, so enough of obstacles. Now that I've probably effectively depressed you all with all the obstacles of the way, let's have a look at some strategies um, for enduring so that you can see the promises of God um, because I don't want to focus on all the obstacles. But it is good to be aware of uh, how the enemy likes to work. Um, and if you're experiencing those things, be aware that it's not always what it seems. Okay, so what have I found useful for overcoming some of these obstacles? Um, and, but, and again, these are by no means all the things that you could do. They're just what has worked for me or that the Lord has taught me in my time. So take it or leave different ones. So the first category is two categories, overcoming with God so seeking him. So I talked about before, running to him, not away from him. So I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that God has given me the grace to do that because um, I would never have managed on my own. <laughs> and I learned that that was the best place to be, even when I was angry at him and even when I was disappointed. He knew everything anyway, I figured, so I wasn't really helping by running away. And um, he's so loving and so kind. I'm so accepting. So I don't delay these days. <laughs> Try not to. So spending time with him in the secret place, in this stillness. Um, prayer and praise and worship. Um, it's interesting, Andrew mentioned praise before. Um, the Lord reminded me um, at the beginning of my journey, um, I'd have little meltdowns or triggers, and sometimes I'd ring my, my counsellor, and she'd say, you need to praise. You need to praise. To start praising. I'm like, I don't want to praise. I don't feel like praising. Yeah. She goes, well, that's when you need to do it the most. I'm like, but I don't want to praise. I don't want to praise. I don't want to. I'm like, okay, if you insist. She's, she wouldn't. No, conversation over. Just need to go and praise. So I'm like, okay, right. And of course, uh, so the Lord has taught me that in those times when you are really down and dismayed, if you can just praise him, you'll get through. And why? Because we're taking our eyes off the problems and putting them on him. Yeah. The other things that um, I've had to learn, uh, this one particularly, rest and trust. Now, physical rest, yes, but I'm also talking a rest that's like um, you're going about your day and you suddenly get an anxious thought. And you go, hmm, okay. And you go, no, I'm going to give that to God. I'm going to cast my cares. I'm going to give it to God. Unless there's something I need to do because I do it, but um, that's part of resting. It's trusting Him to deal with it. Yeah. You know, especially where there's things that you can't do anything about. It's resting and trusting Him, like yeah. you know, court cases and things. I have no control over that stuff. <laughs> only He can. Only He can do it. So resting and trusting in Him, and of course, spending some time with Him in rest is a good thing as well. Um, decreeing and declaring. Um, I was very 
the Lord was very gracious and gave me a key prophetic word at the beginning of my journey, which has been reiterated by different prophets, even Corey when he was here last year, um, that has helped me through some difficult times because it's sort of like, he's like, I know you're going to go through this difficult time and this is what it looks like at the end. So, um, and I remind him of those words regularly. <laughs> Lord, you promised, you said. And, I go, and, then, and then I also do it in like, thank you, Lord, that I will be a tree of life. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> that I will see new fruit. Thank you, Lord, etc., etc. So use those words, dig them out. Don't put them on the shelf, bring them out and declare them. Say, Lord. And also declare the Bible verses as well. Um, find ones that resonate with you, that resonate with your situation. If you have to write them down on a card or put them in your phone, and then when you have those times where you're like, oh my God, I'm having those lies are coming against you and things, then you start declaring them to the point where you can just rattle them off without even trying. So things like the thoughts, I'm not enough. God says, I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I am his beloved daughter, his beloved son. Turns it around. You have to do it a few times. It's not going to instantly, magically change it the first time. And when you don't feel like it, that's when you need to say it the most. Even if you don't believe it necessarily at the time, you're basically saying, no, I don't actually have to accept that thought. I'm going to replace it with a different one. And the other one that I, um, I fear that I comes up every now and then is the fear about the future. What's going to happen in the future? You know, is this all I'm going to ever have to endure? Please, Lord. Um, Jeremiah, um, no, I've forgotten the verse, <laughs> 23, 22, 11, whatever it is. You know the one that says 29, 11, that's the one. <laughs> you have to get something. It's okay, I'm human. I'll give you hope. <laughs> um, the one about the Lord having plans to prosper yeah. and not to harm me, plans for a hope and a future. That one I use all the time. Whenever I, that thought, what about the future? No, the Lord has plans for. And like, I feel like feel like a repetitive record, but it does work. The trick is to catch it fast before you spiral. <laughs> mm. So as I said, replacing lies and negative thoughts of the Bible. And when all else fails, and sometimes you can do all of that I just talked about, and you still feel lousy, and you're like, God, I'm praying, I'm reading the word, I'm worshipping, I'm praising, what on earth is going on? Why don't I feel any better? That's when his grace is very sufficient, okay? <laughs> his grace carries you. Like the time when I had to go to the psychiatric hospital. That was an example of that. Praise wasn't going to get me out of that one. Okay, second category, and I'll wrap it up. Overcoming with others. Yes, God, very important. But, and we also, God created us for relationship and to do life together. And the thing I love about this church particularly is that we encourage that and remind ourselves that we are a church family and that it's really important that we love and support each other. Um, and we need to be careful if we are enduring and going through a bit of a process. There are, we'll use the word once. Someone was talking about it earlier this morning. I mean, I haven't got that word in my talk. I just included it. <laughs> Most people don't like that word. I don't like that word. Anyway, process. Um, when we're going through the process, one of the enemy's uh, strategies is to get to, uh, you to isolate. Yeah. So we go, oh, yeah. I really don't want to talk to people at church today. Yeah. I really don't want to have to pretend I'm feeling better. I just want to yeah. stay at home and 
sleep a little bit. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't do that. But when it starts to become a habit and then you're like never going... Or we say, oh, no, I don't want to spend time with my friends because I'm a bit of a sad sack at the moment. They won't want to be around me. I'm a bit of an e or <laughs> you know, I haven't got the capacity or the energy to pretend. So we isolate. What does the enemy do? He starts whispering all those lies and things in there. See, nobody loves you. Nobody cares. Nobody followed up to see if you're okay. But yet we're pushing people away or we're not, we're not going in our normal circles. And it's, it's hard because sometimes we do need to isolate to process. Um, and if you're an introvert like me, you love to isolate every now and then just to get some energy back. <laughs> but when it becomes a habit and you start shutting people out, then the enemy, he weaves his, bed, his web. So make sure you um, stay close to your family and friends. Counselling and prayer ministry for me, of course, with my, my um, past, that was some essential ways of overcoming with others. And the Lord has blessed me with various people that have come in at different times. Um, and I, today I wanted to honour one person who's here today, <laughs> who has been here for the whole journey of the five years. And I know it was a God thing because um, when I was working at the previous church, one of my other counsellors said to me, oh, I know this person who does blah, 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 might be handy to know about for some pastoral care people that you look after. And I went, oh, sure. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I might try that one day. Didn't think anything else of it. Two weeks later, this person turns up at my door and says, oh, I understand you want to see me. I went, do I? Who are you? <laughs> and she explained. And I said, oh, sure, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's do it. Let's make an appointment for the following week. Meantime, I have a major meltdown, a major trigger on the weekend, two days before I'm scheduled to see them. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> and that began a journey. And that person I want to honour is Zaley. Thank you, Zaley. God has um, worked through Zaley uh, very powerfully to heal. And I think I just want to honour her because of her resilience and her willingness to stand by my side and listen to some pretty horrendous stuff. Um, never to judge. Always to support and encourage and listen. And, um, yeah, it means a lot to me. And, and there's lots of other people that I could honour and acknowledge too, like Steve, my husband, who has stood through it all, and he's seen the good, bad and ugly as well. <laughs> my children, who always love me and encourage me. My church family, of course. But I did want to mention um, that because it has been a real key. Um, so, yeah, and it helps to have somebody outside of your circles who can speak, um, listen and speak into your life um, who I've always been fortunate to have uh, Christian counsellors and Christian prayer ministry people so they've been able to use the Holy Spirit's been able to speak to them and show them different things um, and get some godly wisdom as well. And last but not least, other things. Um, often I was encouraged by reading other people's stories, um, books, online courses, support groups, different things. And as I mentioned before, prophetic encouragement and healing. So I just want to finish um, coming to the close. Yay! <laughs> Let's endure. Let's endure. So if you're suffering um, and challenged today, and I know there's people in this room who are going through some really tough stuff 
and my heart goes out to you and the Lord puts you on my heart regularly. Today is about the Lord wanting you to say, yes, I know it's tough and I know it's challenging and at times it really, really sucks. That's not a very good word, is it? But anyway, we'll go with it. <laughs> but I need you to endure so that you can see the promises that I have for your life and your family's life. I need you to endure for the generations that are going to come after you. I need you to endure so that you can see who I made you to be and live out of that as my beloved son or my beloved daughter. I need you to conquer and overcome knowing that I am with you every step of that way and that I do work all things to good because you love me and are called according to my purpose. And even better, we get to endure and overcome and then we help other people do the same and find God and find Jesus and the Holy Spirit and then we really give the enemy a headache because he's like, damn it, none of that worked. So I'd like to finish by praying together and I'd encourage you to say the words um, with me. There's just some verses that I've taken uh, out of the NLT on endurance and it's really powerful to pray verses, his promises out loud. And then we'll um, play a song. But okay, I think. Thank you, Samuel. You're doing well. Okay. Dear Lord, I pray that I will be strengthened with all your glorious power so I will have all the endurance and patience I need. May I be filled with your joy. Lord, may I inherit your promises because of my faith and endurance. And may I run with endurance the race you have set before me. So friends, I want to just finish by playing a worship song that I think encapsulates a lot of what I've been talking about today. Some of you will know it. It's called Do It Again by uh, Elevation Worship. It's an acoustic version, so it's a little softer than normal. Um, but I would encourage you just to spend some time with the Lord while it plays, uh, meditate on the words. And I'd like to invite anyone who would like some prayer um, for strength to endure. If you'd like to come up for some prayer, um, I'd be happy to pray with you. And I'm sure if there's more than one of you, Andrew or Mal or someone else who wants to jump in, will also come and pray. So we'll pop the song on. Thanks, Samuel. You did an amazing job. <laughs>